Just stay with me on the keys for just a little bit. But um, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Joshua. In Joshua, the first chapter. And I want to just read one verse and I'll let you be seated. Thank you so much for... Joshua, chapter 1, and we're going to just read verse 9. Let me, let me hear, you, hear you shout a big, I'm there when you're there. Joshua 1, 9 reads like this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the atmosphere that is here this morning. An atmosphere, my God, of power, an atmosphere of fire. And, and, and I, Lord, we thank you, God, today that the, the spirit of sacrifice, God, that is being remembered across our nation this very day and tomorrow, Lord. As many parades will go on tomorrow. And many, many facilities will be closed down and, and recognizing and in recognition, my God, of the veterans, Lord, I, I pray, oh God, that you would speak through me today. I pray you open every ear and every heart for those in the sound of my voice, my God, that they would hear your voice, God. And I pray you use me, God. I, I don't have much to say, but you do, God. And so I pray that I'd be just a, a, piece, a voice piece, Father, for what you want to say to us here this morning. We love you. We remove any distractions from our minds, our midst, or our phones. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Turn to somebody and say, looking good? Now be strong and be courageous, you warrior, and you may be seated. The Bible says here in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, it, it, it declares, there's such a declaration there, it declares the new leader in the first chapter. The Bible says earlier in verse 2, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And he begins to address Joshua like the future leader that he's supposed to be. He said, listen, your leader who trained you is gone now. He's went home to be with the Lord. He's not here anymore. So it falls to you now. And I several times in those verses, he, he, he declares and he, and he charges him to be strong and courageous. He charges him to be strong. And he charges him to have courage. And the reason why he's doing this is because God knows that he has some battles up against him. I want you to think of now, and some of you have been to war, some of you have had parents or brothers or sisters have been to war, and you know, everywhere I'm at, everywhere I travel, no matter where I'm at in the world, especially in our country, when I get in an airport or I'm in a restaurant last night, we were at a restaurant and there was a guy that had the Vietnam, a Vietnam hat up there. He served in Vietnam. And before he could pass by, I go, hey, I noticed, I go, thank you for serving. And he didn't catch it, but the wife did. And she goes, because we don't recognize the sacrifice he made. I don't even know that he was all there. I think he may have had some issues. And it could have come from that. But nonetheless, we ought to honor those who have went before us. See, think about the fear that comes on the night before you deploy. And I can only say this, that I never went to war. I was never really close to war, but I was ready for war. I was trained for war. As a, as a, as a CB of the Navy, I was trained to go to war. I was trained to, to go build 
airstrips and build build uh, bases and do whatever and then fight at the same time. It was a unit that was designed especially because the Army Corps of Engineers and some of the merit some of the some of the people that the civilians they weren't able to fight uh, because of the Geneva Convention. So they, they had to come up with a, a unit somewhere, and they kind of threw it to the Army or the Marines, and they found that the Navy would be the best place because that's where the heavy equipment would be. And what they would do is they would, the, the Navy Seabees, they have a, a saying, they have a, a, a quote, that it, it's, it, and it's, a, it's something they live by, and it's can do. And it's, uh, we can do it. No matter, we'll build an airstrip in the middle of a jungle, in the middle of a desert, we'll move rock, we'll do whatever. And if, if, if the enemy fires upon us, we will fire back we will defend ourselves we'll defend our per- perimeter and, and 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 i so i was never in that situation but there was this one particular time when i was in in i was in mississippi for two weeks for active duty um for for a two week uh, you know for reserves and we were there doing some training and ironically we were training with weapons that that week and, and, and we hadn't done a lot of that in the prior one or two years and so it was our time for our battalion our battalion was three hundred three two Three two two, and and they they put us on. Uh, they had us man, at the range. They had us taking apart our weapons and M sixties, M sixteens, forty fives, and we're we're there and we're doing all this stuff. And and then and then sometime around about about the second part of the second week, we got called into the gym, all of us, and we they sat everybody there and said, listen, there's a there's a crisis in Iran. It was in nineteen eighty one, I believe it was. There's a crisis in Iran that requires some swift movement and and in order to mobilize some we've already got people in different places they're going to go ahead and call us up and our battalion is all here we're all here and we have an easy flight there so we're going to go there and but and and, and so we're going to have to do all the paperwork and we had to fill out a, a bunch of paperwork and stuff like that because we were on reserve so we had to go into active duty then and we were going to have to fill out wills and all kinds of things, all kinds of stuff like that. And so, so we began to, you know, a lot of guys got a lot of fear. And I, I, they said, you can call home, but you can't tell your wives or your family where you're going. Because there's going to be a secret mission. We're going to fly in at night. We're going to land in there. We're going to get inside there. We're going to take the part of the land. And then you guys are going to build airstrips. You guys are going to build up a part of a base. And we're going to move in there and we're going to take over. Because the, the crisis had, had happened that kidnapped people and all kinds of things going on. And, and so, you know, I'm thinking about, my God, am I going to die there? Am I going to be, well, I'm ready to go. I'm trained. I'm ready. I, I had my mindset like I'm ready to go. But my point is, is I, I saw the fear um, in these guys. We, 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 we mobilized everybody. We got on the tarmac. We got it. We filled up C-130s. I'm, I'm not sure how many uh, in our battalion, but there was over 100, 150 guys. And so we've had filled up several M, uh, the, these big C-130 planes, these huge planes, man. And we had... Uh, equipment in them and they're tied down and you're sitting in a jump seat sideways it's not not forward, facing forward like normal but sideways in a small jump seat with your with your m16 there and i'll never forget that some of these younger boys and i was i was young too but i i was already like in you know, my 22 23 years old some of these 18 19 year old guys that had just started they were there and i could see some of their hands trembling and i could see the fear and I, I started to jump on me for a minute. I said, I, I don't, I don't want none of that stuff like that. Some guys were, you know, to the point, forgive me, but throwing up. And, and it was there. I mean, it was just, you know, the smell was there. And, the, and, and I saw the fear. And I thought to myself, we're not even anywhere near war. And these guys are full of fear. And I thought to myself, the fear that comes upon, that came upon our veterans when they had to go into a jungle, not knowing how to fight in a jungle. 
And we lost so many, over 50,000 soldiers in Vietnam. And I can give you statistics on all the losses in Korea and, and, and in, the first, in the first Gulf War and uh, in Afghanistan War. And still now, even to this day, every, every day we hear the news, we lost a, a Green Beret or a Special Forces person or, or somebody from here. And, and it, just, it, it just amazes me the, the, the potential to run into battle and, and to fight despite the fear. And I thought to myself, you know, by the way, we never, we, we, we took off and we went into the, we were in the Atlantic Ocean about maybe two hours, three hours. We had been in flight and the fear was, you could, you could smell the fear in, within, the, within our plane. And I was just like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be near these guys right here. I want to be the guys that are courageous because I don't want to die. These guys are the kind of guys that make you die right here. You know what I mean? There's a full of fear that they'll just, they'll just be, you know. And so I'm there and I'm, I'm just there. And I, I did say a prayer. I wasn't saved. I was unsaved. I was so in sin. I was so I was so lost. But I did say a prayer. I said, God, I said, just be with us. You know, I don't know what else to do. There's there's no atheist in foxholes, they say. You know, and, and so I'm there. And then all of a sudden we get that we get the call. What happened is, and, and, and if you know history, the Iran crisis didn't last very long, because they negotiated something like that and it ended like that. They turned us around. And we came back to Gulfport, Mississippi, and landed. And I had never seen a group of happy, a happier group of men in my life. They went out of there, ah, exciting. You know what they did? They went and partied and all that stuff like that. And they, just a couple hours before, they were just praying, asking God not to let, let them die. And now they were just back, you know, you know, back to it. You know what I mean? But I, I said, I shared, I shared that to say this: that I've, I've seen the kind of fear. I've seen the kind of fear whenever I've been in a, a blazing building as a firefighter. The, fla- the blaze, I've seen the fear in men's eyes, people's eyes, the fear that comes upon somebody, especially somebody that's not schooled that long, a, a rookie, a young person. Um, I've seen the fear in the neighborhood. It's time to fight. I've experienced the fear myself when it's time to fight somebody that was going to, I knew that they were probably going to have advantage over me. And those fears, those fears that came upon, upon somebody like, like Joshua. Imagine Joshua for a few moments. Imagine he's been so used to this great, phenomenal leader, this amazing leader, Moses, who just absolutely had a connection with God. I mean, he saw God and didn't die. He, he I mean, if, if you go by the version uh, by the Ten Commandments version of Charles, Charles Heston, he just, his, his hair turned white. He saw the face of God. And, and we see that he was a phenomenal leader. Anybody that can lead like two to three million people in a desert has to be a great leader courageous he went he walked into the house of pharaoh he knew the outcome of trying to come against a, a pharaoh he knew the procedures he knew the culture he knew the the, the every, he knew what would happen if you went in and came against the pharaoh yet he walked in there reluctantly obviously he told god i can't speak all the excuses but he still walked in there one day and aaron his brother had to help him with it but he walked in and says let my people go god said so courage came upon him. And Moses became a courageous leader, but he wasn't always courageous. He was the same fears that you and I have, the fears that humanity brings on us. And he walks into this, into this kingdom of, that he had been a part of, that he had grown up in and understood the culture. And he looks him right in the face and let the people go. Right then and there, he overcame fear. And bravery and courage came in. 
You see, there's been many soldiers that went fearful to the battlefield since the American Revolution, all the way through civil wars. Young boys and girls and women. There's a lot of women out there that are fighting the battle. So we we don't just have soldier boys. We have soldier girls out there too for you to get. Don't forget them. Amen. And, and, And it's like, it's like, imagine Moses overcomes that and then he has to, has the task of having to to, to mobilize millions of, of people. So Joshua is just with him. He's, he's with them. And how many know that when, because Joshua has a great leader, he, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier to help lead when you have somebody telling you which way we're supposed to go. But now Moses has died. Joshua's a little older and he has a little more wisdom, but nonetheless, I don't think God would have said it. I don't know how many times he said it. I think he said it like one, two, Three, three, four times. God kept on repeating himself. Be of good courage. Come on, man. Be strong. Don't be afraid. Be brave. And the reason why is because he knew that Joshua was going to go to another level. He was, he was the second wave. He was not going to, he was the Joshua generation. He wasn't just going to go out and walk and try to figure out how to feed, uh, eat food and, and run from Pharaoh now, which they had already experienced. Now they were going to face battles that they have never faced before. They were going to, they were going to run into a people that were, uh, that were had atrocious practices, occultish and wicked and evil, uh, people that were anti-God, anti-Israel, anti-them. And he knew that they were going to try to destroy the armies of, the, of Israel. They knew that, that, that Israel was, was on, a, on the list for annihilation. So that he knew that when they went, there was a good chance that many of them would die. Yet, God said, I need you to go into Jericho. And in fact, he even had them cross the Jordan right across Jericho. So that, that, that not only could, could they have, stir up some bravery and say, God, God put me right here so I could see the armies, uh, the armies are enemies. But then also, he showed the enemy. They're coming. And their leader is anointed. But he's human. So he says, have bravery, have courage. Be valiant. Be a mighty man of valor. Be, be, be full of, full of, of, of confidence in me, he says. He says, have I not commanded you? Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, he was challenged to step into some big shoes. He was going to go into the role of the new leader of Israel. And his journey up to that point was a mentee, and now he was going to have to become the mentor. He was going to have to be the one that when fear did come, he would not be able to show fear. He would have to be brave and courageous because the other ones would be fear. And if, if he showed fear, and if he was full of fear, then the rest of the, of, of the nation would be full of fear. Now, when you think about that, you think that's sacrificial. Because when you sacrifice your own feelings, and I think of the veterans who have had to sacrifice their own feelings. You think about the sacrifices that have been made, the bravery and the valor of those who fought, the pain and the wounds and the scars of war, the honor that we should give them. That many times we know that in the, in the Vietnam War that the, 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 our soldiers were not honored at all. In fact, they were ridiculed, criticized, spit on. How, what a sad day that was in America. I, I say that those that were afraid to go fight spit. 
those who were, who were, who were dodging the draft were quick to judge. They didn't realize that some of these foreign countries would like nothing more than to annihilate and to destroy America. And so our young boys and girls had to go. They had to go fight. See, their duty, their loyalty, their readiness, their preparation told something about them. 18-year-old boys. I'll never forget my uncle, my mom's brother, my uncle James. He went to, he went right out of high school. He drafted right into to Vietnam. This is a, this is a young man who was an all-state basketball player, won a state championship for Valley High School in the, in the, in the mid-60s. Was a phenomenal ball player. He went to bed at 7 o'clock every night, didn't party, didn't drink. He was a good kid, a good sports, a good athlete, a good, good child. He was a good uncle to me. He was good, he was good people. He went to Vietnam and his life got torn apart. His life changed forevermore. He met people. He, 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 things happened for him that, that just drove him to his early grave. Let's remember those who have given their lives for the cause of freedom. He was due to be a successful man, to be a man who never destroyed his body. Yet because of the war, because of what he saw at war, because of what he experienced, the drugs that he tried there for the very first time there in Vietnam, that led to his destruction. Now what about the, you know, what about the martyrs of Christianity? What about the martyrs of, of, of our faith throughout all the thousands of years, but even of recent? Those martyrs were brave. They stood the test of time they faced their enemy with the gospel in their hand and their hearts tuned to god think about how they secured their own faith but they secure our faith by knowing this that whatever is worth dying for will be worth dying for and our our faith think about that for a moment we have churches in our in our in our ministry. Some of our churches in Central America that I know personally. I I've actually met personally. Me and my wife have met people who actually were martyrs for the for the cross. Some of the some of the soldiers, man. Some of the guys and girls, graduates of the home that were out there in El Salvador that were out there preaching the gospel got shot. And I say they 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 text me and say this guy. Remember this guy right here, the one with all the eighteen right here and his whole face. This guy was just shot this past week on the bus when he was preaching with a Bible in one hand. And a track in the other hand, a victory home for the victory home, was shot because of the rival gang member. You know, the the, the Mara Salvatrucha or the 18th Street or whatever gang. Was. There's a lot. There's a lot of other ones. And, and I, 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 it was just like, are you kidding me? And I have pictures of some of these guys. There's a picture that was on the United We Can uh, newsletter one day, where there's a picture of Pastor Sonny, and I'm in the background with Pastor Sonny right there, and he's talking to this one guy, and that guy was shot as a martyr for Christ. He knew. That if he preached on those buses, if he preached in those streets, there's a good, it was a good chance that he would die. But he was still preaching anyway. He was brave and courageous. What about the families that have been affected this last 15, 18 years? All the families of those that came back. You know, it, not everybody can see death. You may not even experience a whole lot of pain yourself. But just seeing trauma, seeing death in the face, I'll tell you right now, that could be pretty traumatic for anybody's mind. And I think of Joshua, and I think of him going into battle. And I think of that first battle, that first battle at Jericho, how the walls came down, how God 
brought the walls down, how, how God gave them the victory. And I thought about how, how, how everything that he had prophesied over him, everything that Moses had taught him, everything God had prophesied and declared over his life that he was going to go in. He said, go prepare the people. For, for war. Go prepare the people to go into the battle. Go prepare the people and you know what? You t- let them know. Put leaders over leaders. Make sure you grab people and put them over some certain groups of people and let them know they all got to have bravery. They got to have, they got to be valiant. They have to be full of valor. And, and, and those who who have been wounded, if you think about the, the families, but then those who have been wounded, and you know, when I, when I think, you know, being a former firefighter, one of the, one of the hardest things for me, uh, for me ever, ever, I can remember is being moved is when I went to New York City right after the 9-11. And, and I remember seeing all the t-shirts of all the firefighters that had placed their t-shirts on, at the St. John's little uh, cathedral right there close to Ground Zero. And, and I remember seeing that, how it, it affected me. I thought to myself, man, a lot of firefighters died that day at one time. When one firefighter passes in America, it's a tragedy. When one police officer dies, it's a tragedy. But there were a lot that died that day. And I thought they were running into the battle. When everybody was running out of the t- towers, they were running up. Places on fire, they were running up. Not long ago, me and Porky were talking about a good friend of his. It was part of the crew. I think there was 16, is there 16 or 17. The, the past in Arizona, Pork, huh? 19. Well, one of them was a good friend of his. And they, they made a movie about it recently, and he passed. They passed a, a lot of them. And when one firefighter dies, these men were brave. These men were men who ran into the battle. And, and I'm sharing this because I want you to realize that we don't just celebrate Veterans Day. We honor our veterans. We're not just celebrating. We're, we're honoring them. We must honor them, but we can't just honor those brave souls. We can't just honor our brave military because there's also a spiritual army. And I think about all those. I think about all those who have fought for our country, but I think about all those who have fought for our ministry. And just last week, when Sister Barbara and I had the privilege of being able to be there at Pastor Sonny's 80th birthday, there was, I can't even count. There was so many times during the banquet there, during the videos, during the different things, that my heart was just, was just stirred where, to tears even. And a thoughtful of all those that are, have went home to be with the Lord, the many, many soldiers that sacrificed. Pastor David sacrificed so much in the South Pacific, and now we have a thriving ministry in the South Pacific. I, th- I thought about Pastor St- Steve Panita, and I thought about he was, a, he, was a, he was a veteran of our ministry. He was a, a brave, valiant man who went alone with no money, just a plane ticket that Pastor Tom invested in him uh, to go to South Africa and now to see the revival that's taking on in, in South Africa. But he went to South Africa with not much knowledge. He went there with passion and a vision. And I'll never forget on his dying couple of days, I was sitting there with, at, at a meeting with Pastor Sonny and many of the elders and a few of us that they had asked to come along and be part of a United We Can team to go to countries. And that's how we were in El Salvador a lot. And I'll never forget, he was sitting at the head of the table, the long table. And he was, he was like sitting with generals. These were generals that I was sitting with. And I'm just quiet listening to them. Pastor Ed Morales, who's went home to be with the Lord. Pastor David was there, who's went home to be with the Lord. Pastor Steve Panita, who's been, went home to be with the Lord. And then some of the newer elders that were there. And, and, I, and I was sitting there listening to Pastor Steve. And he was sick. His, his stomach was out to here. His liver was to, so gone and he died just a few days after that 
He preached one of the most powerful messages. You can hear it on YouTube. It's one of Sonny's guys. It's called the tugboat message. And, and, and he was sitting there and he was telling Pastor Sonny, he goes, he used to call him, Sonny, please, please don't let go of South Africa. I'm telling you, Sonny. He says, that's the future. I'm telling you. And I, I'm watching him and I didn't realize what I was hearing for a moment until the middle of the meeting. Then I realized I'm in history. He's not going to be here much longer. And, and I wonder what's going to happen. And you look now what's going on out there. And look at the bravery of some of these men. This is just our ministry. But think about the body of Christ. Think about the John Wesleys. Think about, think about David Wilkerson, what he meant to Christendom. About how God, God started a movement for the inner cities through him. By just one obedience, by him, he could have been he could have been a nice, comfortable preacher in the right there in Pennsylvania in the mountains there, and just preach to the to the, all the, the mountain people. But God said, "Go to New York City and go find some of those gang members and some of those drug addicts." And I was stirred at the banquet because I started realizing that if it wasn't for other people, the brave men like David Wilkerson, who didn't have one bit of experience in the hood. He didn't know what, in fact, he got beaten in the hood. He was spit on and he was hit. And even Nicky Cruz says, when you talk to him, when he says it, he didn't just do it like the movie. He just slapped him a few times. He literally beat him. He gave him black eyes and he, he made his face swollen. He said, I hit him hard. He goes, I beat him. And that's when he still said the famous words, you know, well, you can cut me in a thousand pieces, Nicky, but I, every piece will still love you. You see, that wasn't, that was, that was the bravery of like a Joshua. He was, he was like a Joshua. He was going into territory that he didn't know what was going to happen, but he went anyway out of obedience to Christ. And we have to honor not only those who have fought physically, but we have to honor those who have fought spiritually. We have people like that in our church right here. I think of my mama. I think of, I think of Sister Linda. I think of Sister Joanne. I think of Pastor Joe. They've been around 35, 30 some years, 30s. I think of my wife. She's been serving the Lord 40 years in the ministry. I think of some of you here that for the last 15 years, last 18 years, 20 years, you have sacrificed, man. When you know what you, some of you could have went out and pastored churches early, but you stayed right here. Some of you could have bought this or did that, but you pledged for our for our building some of you have you've been soldiers in the army of the lord and we also honor you we honor you i searched for a lot of examples a lot of i found some deborah 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 the, the, the jews call her deborah but deborah Ooh, what a soldier she was i'm talking about a straight soldier she was powerful. You, you look at Esther as a beautiful queen, but she was a soldier. She was on a mission. She was on a mission with no fear. Think about her life. Her life was in so much danger to go into the presence of the king. And once she got his favor, look at him and say, listen, man, we, my people are at jeopardy. He could have had her head right there and got another queen. But like a good soldier, she went in. Thank God she saved the lineage. Think about David. He was a soldier, a brave soldier. He went from being shepherd boy to being 
brave warrior overnight from one day to the next he's one moment he's t- tending sheep the next moment he's a delivery boy for uh you know he's he's delivering stuff for his brothers but his brothers are saying what are you what's wrong with you why are you here his dad says go check on them and he said why are you here get back home get back to your sheep where you belong and he hears you know he hears that famous word like he fears the famous word who is this uncircumcised philistine down there shouting atrocities to our to our to our god and to the armies of israel man who's going to do something about it he was just there like what's wrong with you people and they were full of fear because they had already been defeated in their mind before they would be defeated ever in their bodies they had already been defeated and look what happens this one act of bravery turns the whole trajectory of the whole armies of israel this one act of bravery see that's all you need is one act of bravery in your family all you need is one act of bravery at your job listen there are men and women at your job right now that are waiting for you to step up and get rid of the fear and show them who god is through your life there are people in your family that all they need is from you to be a little braver not to judge, not to throw stones at them because they're not as good as you. Can I speak on that for a minute? Think about when they brought the, the, the woman caught in adultery to Jesus and they wanted to stone her to death. And what say ye, he, they said, what do, you, what do you say, Jesus, that this is what we were supposed to do? You know what he said? He looked at him and says, hey, well, whoever doesn't have any sin, go ahead and throw the first one. You know what I love about that is the is the one who could throw a stone didn't. So if you have stones in your hand, that don't take much bravery to do that. What takes bravery to do is to stand in front of that sinner. Yeah. Bravery. David was brave. He was brave. And not only that, but he sacrificed. Think about think about it. God says you can't build a temple, you got too much blood under your nails, buddy. You're a warrior, man. You've been fighting too long. There's too much. You got too much, too much, son. You can't build. I can't allow you to build this temple, but your son can. So what did he do? He says, okay, I'll do the next best thing. Then he goes, I'll get everything I have, and I will give the most lavish offering, sacrifice, what I can do. And the Bible says that he, if I was to, I can't even tell you how many tons of gold it was that he gave over, that he accumulated in his riches through all the years of being king, and he gave it up for the temple. When they offered him the material for free, king, take this material. He says, I won't give nothing that doesn't cost me something. I will not give to the temple that's not going to cost me something. Something's going to be a sacrifice for my life. I think about Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, those little warriors that were, they were kidnapped from their, from their, their habitation. They were taken from where they lived at, from their, what they were used to from their culture and taken to a whole different place in Babylonia. Think about what they had to go through. They tried, they had a different foods and they couldn't eat them. They had different kind of clothing that they weren't used to and they're, where they lived, where they had smelled there. Everything about the culture was so different. They were young boys. And when they were confronted by their enemies, when they were confronted and spoke into their lives and said, listen, you're going to eat what we eat. You're going to drink what we drink. And you're going to live how we live because you belong to us now. And isn't that the way the devil does it? He does the same thing to you and I. He's done it when we were kids. You're going to do this whether you like it or not because this is all you got. You're a product of your environment. You know what they did? They said, nah, 
Daniel started it. He goes, now nah, you listen, we're not doing, we're not eating with you. Kill us if you want, but we're not eating tonight. We're not, just give us a chance. Watch this, watch this. Don't feed us. Just give us this little bit and watch how we are. If we're any different, then we'll eat with your food. And you know the story? There's the Daniel fast. They ate. They looked healthier than everybody else. He said, okay, these guys got something. But that's not even the big part of that. That's powerful. That's powerful bravery on Daniel's part. And the, the boys, the three Hebrew boys, they, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they followed along. But when I think about the Hebrew boys later on, when all these astrologers and all these soothslayers and all these, these wicked guys, these evil, wicked people that they, they saw, they were jealous of these boys because they were getting raised up. They were getting lifted up. They were elevating. When, I, when, I, when they saw that, they had to create something. You can always tell the smoke screen when somebody's trying to create something all the time. You can always tell that they're trying to cover up something for themselves. And here they are, man, putting all these smoke screens up. They said, man, King, we think we should erect a beautiful, nice-looking statue to you so that we can worship you. And we can't pray to no other gods, just to you. And look what happens to them. Look, Just look what happens. Look what happens to them. It's, it's crazy because they, they were doing that and looking like they were honoring the king, but they were honoring themselves. Because they wanted to rid themselves of these three Hebrew boys because they knew they could see these three Hebrew boys. There was something about them was going to change their livelihood. There was something going to begin to mess with what they were doing. And so they, they had to pick, figure out a plan. That's the way the devil is. He'll figure out a plan to try to stop you from doing what you got. That's why you need bravery. That's why you need to be able to stand in the face of the enemy and say, not in my house. Not in my church. You're not talking about my church, my pastor. You're not talking about my brother in the Lord. You're not talking about nobody. Not in my house. And you're not going to touch my kids. I declare my kids are going to be saved. My grandkids are going to walk in the Lord and walk in the ministry. Listen, you have to have bravery. So these three Hebrew boys, they do what they normally do. And they go to the king, those little ratas. They go to them and they say, hey. These three Hebrew boys, you know, the ones you put so much into, the ones you like so much, the ones, it doesn't say that, but you know that's how they were talking about. You know, the ones that you favor, the ones that get to do everything, you know, the ones that, those ones, they won't bow to you and say, what? What do you mean? Don't do anything I ask them to do. They love me. I love them and I've I've helped them out and, you know, they could be slaves, but they're, they're leaders. Come on, let's go talk to them. And he goes and talks to them. And he says to them, he goes, hey, what's up, fellas? The music's on. It's time to bow down. And they're like, nah. I'm not bowing down. Nobody. Nobody's, I'm not bowing to anybody. We'll bow to our God only. No, 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 but, but you just, just flow, bro. Just flow. Just, just come on, just do this one time. Get, get these guys off my back. I like you guys. I don't like them. I got to put up with them, but I like you guys, man. And what does he say? He says, no, we can't do that. And the Bible says that his countenance changed. He went from being like cool and like, hey, man, I really like you guys. You guys are my, you guys bring favor to the kingdom here. There's something about you guys that everything's blessed with you guys here. I feel good with you guys here. And all of a sudden it changed. You're like, what? Like, like you're coming against me? And his countenance changes. Can you imagine? And it contorts. His face changes. They can see it. It's mentioned there. And, and, and all of a sudden, he says, he got, the Bible says he got furious. And he said this. He said, bow. See, we won't bow. He goes, well, then we're going to throw you in the fire, man. 
you're going into the fiery furnace. And they said, throw us in the fiery furnace if you want. But we're still not going to bow. Do whatever's in your heart, man. But we're still not going to bow before your God. Said, so, well, who will save you from this fiery furnace? He goes, our God will, will save us. But even, I love this. This is what a soldier does. This is what a warrior does. He says, even if he doesn't save us from the fire, we're still not going to bow to your. Oh, you talk about bravery. And I could go on and on. The apostle Paul and. The main one, the best one of all, above all these guys is Jesus. Can you come to the keyboards? Jesus, man. He, a brave king, went to the cross in sacrificial fashion. Went to the cross so that you could have eternal life. So that I could have eternal life. How could we not be grateful to a God that was willing to die for us? How could we not be grateful all the time? But you know and I know we're not always grateful all the time. We're grateful sometimes. We're grateful when everything's going good for us. But everything wasn't good going good for those Hebrew boys. And everything wasn't going good for Jesus when he went into the garden. When he went to the garden there and he knew that he had to. Everything wasn't going good for him when they were whipping him. They took him like a lamb to the slaughter. You see, today, this message is all about honoring our veterans. Not just our war veterans, but honoring our spiritual veterans. There are so many of you who have been serving the Lord for 20 plus years, 15 plus years, 30 years, 40 years. We honor you today for keeping the faith, even though the enemy has tried to take you out. You know, it's not really how you start. It's always how you finish. And we really don't need to pray for strength to make it. We don't need the strength to make it. We need finishing power. We need to be able to finish what's been started, finish the race. Paul said it. He, I have finished the race. Ah. I've done everything I could to finish the race well. That's what's important. Many of those that didn't make it home, many of those boys in Vietnam, and many of the men and women who didn't make it back from Afghanistan or Iraq and other places, they were sacrificial. Not just them, though. Their children, their wives, their husbands, their moms, their dads, their grandparents had to sacrifice for it also because they had to he handed a flag. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the service of your son, your daughter. There's something to be said about sacrifice. But again, the greatest sacrifice of all is that that Jesus gave. That he gave his life. The only begotten son of God gave his life on the cross. Humiliating death. Excruciating pain still did it of his own volition, of his own will. He says, if this cup can pass me, but nevertheless, your will be done. And he said, I'll do the will of the Father. I want you to bow your heads with me. Some of you have been so sacrificial with your kids. Maybe you don't feel honored, but God honors your sacrifices. Some of you have 
sacrificed in, in the military. You may not feel honored by, the, by society or by your family or anybody, but I'm here to declare to you this church honors you. We honor your sacrifices. We will not forget, like the little boy said in the video. And to those of you that have served Christ, you serve the Lord faithfully. We honor you today as spiritual veterans as well. For those of you that have battled, you've battled, the enemy has tried everything to take you out. Yet, here you are. Here you are on the battlefield, running the race. When the devil thought he had you, when the, when the world thought it, the devil had you. Shame on the devil. Because God is greater. Greater is he that is in us, that is in you, than he that is in the world. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. Father, we say a special, special prayer for those, God, who have had to face fear and overcome. We pray for those that are facing fears now in their marriage, in their family. God, we pray, Father, just like Joshua, just like Deborah, just like David, just like Paul, just like these brave men, these brave Hebrew boys, that we stand in the face of adversity and say we will not bow to the world, we will not bow to the enemy, but we will bow to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Lord, thank you for the bravery. We honor their bravery today. In the name of Jesus. This is what I want to do. I want to ask every veteran, if you've been uh, if you've been in the military, whatever branch you are, I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to come. I want you to stand here with me, alongside with me. For those of you that have been in the Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, whatever. I'm just going to ask you to come. I want you to come on the stage. Oh, come up on the stage. Come up to the top of the stage if you could. Come on, if there's anybody else, you've been in the military, I want you to come. Come make your way up here. Come closer, guys. Come closer. Anybody else? You know, last year Katrina was sitting, standing on this on this platform. She served in the army as well. And I'll tell you, um, I, I'm sure these men have stories. I'm sure they have many, many stories of the years they were they served, and uh, they've served uh, overseas. And uh, can we honor them today? Can we do that? Can we, can I ask our minister staff to come and let's lay hands on them? Are you the minister? Actually, on us, because I'm part of it. Amen. Church, let's go ahead and extend our hands. We're going to pray for our veterans. Father, we come before you right now, God. Father, we just pray, Lord, Father, for our veterans that stand up here today, God. That, Father, you would open up your windows, God, and bless their lives, God. 
We know that your word says there is no greater love than this, that someone that lays their life down for a friend. And so as they served our country, they demonstrated the greatest love that there is to sacrifice, the willingness to sacrifice, God. And Father, for that, we honor them, God. And we pray your protection. Father, we pray over their minds and their hearts, God. Father, we pray that you would be with them, God, them and their families. We thank you, God, for their sacrifice. We just pray, Lord, for, for them, God, their children, God, their, their wives, Lord, those that had to serve alongside of them, God. Father, you would bless them, Lord, that they would feel an overwhelming, God, a, a spirit of gratitude, Lord. That they are not forgotten, God. But they feel that they would be honored today, Lord. And Father, we just pray right now, God, the blood of Jesus, God. We just pray in the name of Jesus, God. Father, continue to have your way in their lives. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the, let's give them a big hand. Amen. Larry, I know that you should have been here too as well. Remember, you're standing back here. As you remain standing today, that's what I want to do. I'm going to ask the team to sing this song. And as they sing this song, I want to I want to open up the altar to those this morning that maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you don't know Christ. You don't you haven't you haven't never given your life to him, but today would be the day for you to for you to say, you know what, I realize the sacrifice that he did for me. I want salvation. I want to serve Christ. And then secondly, I want to open up this altar for those of you that say, you know what, I didn't realize how wounded my sacrifice have wounded me. God wants to heal you. There's some of you need healing. You need healing for the battles that you've been through. You've been through some battles and God wants to heal you. So as they sing this song, I'm going to ask you all over this place. Come on, come on.